Hi everyone, it's Kelly. For this podcast episode, I'll be reading aloud Poet in New York, written by Federico Garcia Larca. And specifically, the preface for this is that the poems in this book were written in the city of New York during the year 1929 to 1930, when the poet lived as a student at Columbia University. And I'm reading the translation that was completed by Greg Simon and Stephen F. White. One, Poems of Solitude at Columbia University. After a walk, cut down by the sky, between shapes moving toward the serpent and crystal craving shapes, I'll let my hair grow. With the amputated tree that doesn't sing and the child with a blank face of an egg. With the little animals whose skulls are cracked and the water dressed in rags but with dry feet. With all the bone-tired deaf and dumb things and a butterfly drowned in the inkwell. Bumping into my own face, different each day, cut down by the sky. 1910, Intermezzo. Those eyes of mine in 1910 saw no one dead and buried, no village fair of ash from the one who weeps at dawn, no trembling heart cornered like a seahorse. Those eyes of mine in 1910 saw the white wall where little girls pissed, the bull's muzzle, the poisonous mushroom, and an incomprehensible moon illuminating dried lemon rinds under the hard black bottles and corners. Those eyes of mine on the pony's neck, on the pierced breast of Santa Rosa as she sleeps, on the rooftops of love with moans and cool hands, on a garden where cats devour frogs, attic where the ancient dust assembles statues and moss, boxes that keep the silence of devoured crabs, In the place where the dream was colliding with its reality, my little eyes are there. Don't ask me any questions. I've seen how things that seek their way find their void instead. There are spaces that ache in the uninhabited air and in my eyes completely dressed creatures. No one naked there. Fable of three friends to be sung in rounds. Enrique, Emilio, Lorenzo. The three of them were frozen. Enrique in the world of beds. Emilio in the world of eyes and wounded hands. Lorenzo in the world of roofless universities. Lorenzo, Emilio, Enrique. The three of them were burned. Lorenzo in the world of lees and billiard balls. Emilio in the world of blood and white pins. Enrique in the world of the dead and discarded newspapers. Lorenzo, Emilio, Enrique. The three of them were buried. Lorenzo in Flora's breast. Emilio in the forgotten shot of gin. Enrique in the ant, the sea, the empty eyes of the birds. Lorenzo. Emilio, Enrique. In my hands, the three of them were three Chinese mountains, three shadows of horses, 
three snowy landscapes and a shelter of lilies, by the dovecotes where the moon lies flat beneath the rooster. One, and one, and one. The three of them were mummified with winter flies, with the inkwells that dogs piss and thistledown despises, with the breeze that chills every mother's heart by Jupiter's white wreckage, where the drunks launch. <laughs> where the drunks lunch on death. Three and two and one. I saw them lose themselves weeping and singing in a hen's egg, and the night that showed its tobacco skeleton, in my sorrow, full of faces and piercing lunar shrapnel, in my joy as serrated wheels and whips, in my breast that is troubled with doves, in my deserted death with a lone mistaken passerby. I had killed the fifth moon, and the fans and applause were drinking water from the fountains. Warm milk inside the new mothers was stirring the roses with a long white sorrow. Enrique, Emilio, Lorenzo. Diana is hard, but sometimes her breasts are banked with clouds. The white stone can throb in deer blood, and the deer can dream through the eyes of a horse. When the pure shapes sank, under the chirping of daisies, I knew they had murdered me. They combed the cafes, graveyards, and churches for me, pried open casks and cabinets, destroyed three skeletons in order to rip out their gold teeth, but they couldn't find me anymore. They couldn't find me. No, they couldn't find me. But they discovered the sixth moon had fled against the torrent, and the sea suddenly remembered the names of all it drowned. Your childhood in Menton. Yes, your childhood, now a fable of fountains. The train and the woman who fills the sky, your shy loneliness in hotels, and your pure mask of another sign. The sea's childhood and your silence, where the crystals of wisdom shattered. Your rigid ignorance where my torso was circumscribed by fire. What I gave you, a Polonian man, was a standard of love, fits of tears with an estranged nightingale. But ruin fed upon you, you whittled yourself to nothing, for the sake of fleeting aimless dreams, thoughts before you, yesterday's light, traces and signs of what might be. Your waste of restless sand follows only trails that do not climb. But in every corner I must look for your warm soul, that is without you and doesn't understand you. With the sorrow of Apollo stopped in his tracks, the sorrow with which I shattered your mask. It's there, lion, there, sky's fury, where I'll let you graze on my cheeks. There, blue horse of my insanity, pulse of the nebula and hand that counts the minutes. There, I'll look for the scorpion stones and the clothes of the girl who was your mother. Midnight tears and torn cloth that wiped moonlight from the temples of the dead man. Yes, your childhood, now a fable of fountains, strange soul, tiny and adrift, ripped from the emptied space of my veins. I must look until I find you, the same love as ever, but never the same. Yes, I do love, love, leave me alone, all of you. And don't try to cover my mouth, you who seek the wheat of Saturn in snowfields or castrate animals on behalf of a sky, anatomy's clinic and jungle. Love, 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 the sea's childhood, your warm soul that is without you and doesn't understand you. Love, love, 
the flight of the doe, through the endless breast of whiteness, and your childhood love, your childhood. The train and the woman who fills the sky, not you, not me, not the air, not the leaves. Yes, your childhood, now a fable of fountains. Two, the blacks. Standards in paradise of the blacks. They hate the bird's shadow on the white cheek's high tide and the conflict of light and wind in the great cold hall of snow. They hate the embodied arrow, the punctual handkerchief of farewell, the needle that sustains a rosy tension and the seed-bearing spikes of their smiles. They love the deserted blue, the swaying bovine faces, the deceitful moon at both poles, and water's bent dance on the shoreline. They use the science of tree trunk and rake to cover the clay with luminous nerves, and as they glide with easy desire over water and sand, they taste the bitter freshness of their millinery spit. It's in the crackling blue, blue without a single worm or sleeping footprint, where the ostrich eggs stay forever, and the untouched rains dance and stroll. It's in the blue that has no history, blue of a night without fear of day, blue where the nude of the wind breaks up, camels of empty clouds moving in their sleep. It's there the torsos dream beneath the hungry grass, there the coral absorbs the ink's desperation. The sleepers erase their profiles under the skein of nails, and the emptied space of the dance stays above the last of the ashes. The King of Harlem With a spoon he dug out the crocodile's eyes and swatted the monkeys on their asses. With a spoon. Age-old fire slept in the flints and the beetles drunk on anisant forgot about the moss of the villages. The old man covered with mushrooms was on his way to the place where the blacks wept while the king's spoon cracked and the vats of putrid water arrived. The roses fled along the blades of the air's last curves and on the piles of saffron. The children flattened tiny squirrels with faces flushed in their strained frenzy. It's necessary to cross the bridges and reach the murmuring blacks so the perfume of their lungs can buffet our temples with its covering of hot pineapple. It's necessary to kill the blonde vendor of firewater and every friend of apple and sand, and it's necessary to use the fists against the little Jewish women who tremble filled with bubbles, so the king of Harlem sings with his multitude, so crocodiles sleep in long rows beneath the moon's asbestos. And so no one doubts the infinite beauty the feather dusters, graters, copper pans, and kitchen casseroles. A Harlem. A Harlem. A Harlem. There is no anguish like that of your oppressed reds, or your blood shuddering with rage inside the dark eclipse, or your garnet violence deaf and dumb in the penumbra, or your grand king a prisoner in the uniform of a doorman. The night was cracked. And there were motionless ivory salamanders. American girls were carrying babies and coins in their wombs, and the boys stretched their limbs and fainted on the cross. They are the ones, the ones who drink silver whiskey near the volcanoes and swallow pieces of heart by the bear's frozen mountains. That night, the king of Harlem, with an unbreakable spoon, dug out the crocodile's eyes and swatted the monkeys on their asses with a spoon. 
The blacks cried in confusion among umbrellas and gold suns. The mulattoes stretched rubber, thinking anxiously of turning their torsos white, and the wind tarnished mirrors and shattered the veins of the dancers. Blacks, 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 blacks. The blood has no doors in your recumbent night. No blush in your face. Blood rages beneath skin. Alive in the dagger's spine and the landscape's breast, under the pincers and scotch broom of cancer's celestial moon. Blood that searches a thousand roads for deaths dusted with flower and ashes of spike nerds, rigid descending skies in which the colonies of planets can wheel with the litter on the beaches. Blood that looks slowly from the corner of an eye, blood wrung from hemp and subway nectars, blood that rusts, the careless trade wind, and a footprint and dissolves butterflies and window panes. Blood flows and will flow on rooftops everywhere and burn the blonde woman's chlorophyll and groan at the foot of the beds near the washstands insomnia and burst into an aurora of tobacco and low yellow. There must be some way out of here, some street to flee down, some locked room on the top floor to hide in, because the forest marrow will slip through the cracks to leave on your skin a faint trace of an eclipse and a false sorrow, a faded glove and chemical rose. Through the all-knowing silence, waiters, cooks, and those whose tongues lick clean the wounds of millionaires seek the king in the streets around the sharp angles of saltpeter. A wooden wind from the south slanting through the black mires spits on the broken boats and drives tacks into shoulders. A south wind that carries tusks, sunflowers, alphabets, and a battery with drowned wasps. Oblivion was expressed by three drops of ink on the monocle, loved by a single invisible stone-deep face. And above the clouds, bone marrow and corollas composed a desert of stems without a single rose. To the left and right, south and north, the wall rises impassable, for the mole and the needle made of water, blacks don't look for some kind of crack to find the infinite mask. Look for the great central sun. Turn into a swarm of buzzing pineapple. The sun that slides through the forest, sir, <laughs> sure that a nymph will not be there. The sun that destroys numbers and has never crossed a dream. The tattooed sun that descends the river and bellows just ahead of the crocodiles. Blacks, blacks. Blacks, blacks, no serpent, no zebra or meal ever turned pale in the face of death. The woodcutter doesn't know when the clamorous trees that he cuts down expire. Wait in your king's jungle shade until hemlock thistles and nettles disturb the last rooftops. Then, blacks and only then, will you be able to frantically kiss bicycle wheels. Place pairs of microscopes and squirrel layers and dance fearlessly at last while the bristling flowers cut down our moses in the bulrushes that border heaven. A Harlem in disguise. A Harlem threatened by a mob of headless suits. I hear your murmur. I hear it moving through tree trunks and elevator shafts through gray sheets where your cars float covered with teeth through dead horses and petty crimes, through your grand, despairing king whose beard reaches the sea. Abandoned Church
Ballad of the Great War. Once I had a son named John. Once I had a son. He was lost in the arches one Friday, day of the dead. I saw him playing on the last raised steps of the mass, and he lowered a tin bucket into the priest's deep heart. I pounded on the coffins, my son, my son, my son. I pulled a chicken leg from behind the moon and suddenly realized that my girl had become a fish, where carts recede in the distance. Once I had a little girl, once I had a dead fish beneath the ashes of the censers, once I had a sea of what, my God, is sea. And climbed out to ring the bells, but the fruit was wormy, and the snuffed-out tapers had eaten the spring wheat. I saw the transparent stork of alcohol, picking clean the black heads of dying soldiers, and I saw the shelters of rubber, where the spinning goblets brimmed with tears. I'll find you, my dear son, in anemones of the offertory, where the priests lift the meal and the ox with his powerful arms to frighten nocturnal toads that roam the chalice's frozen landscape. Once I had a son who was a giant. But the dead are more powerful and can devour pieces of the sky. If my boy had been a bear, I wouldn't fear the crocodiles lying in ambush or have seen the sea lashed to the trees for the brutal pleasure of the regiments. If only my boy had been a bear. I'll lie down and wrap myself in this rough canvas so I won't fill the cold moss. I know very well that I'll be given shirt sleeves or a tie. But in the middle of mass, I'll break the rudder, and then the insanity of penguins and gulls will come to the stone and make those who sleep and sing on street corners say, Once he had a son, a son, a son, a son who was his alone because he was his son, his son, his son, his son. Part 3. Streets and Dreams Dance of Death The mask! Look how the mask comes from Africa to New York. They are gone. The pepper trees, the tiny buds of phosphorus. They are gone, the camels with torn flesh, and the valleys alight, the swan lifted in its beak. It was the time of parched things, the wheat spear in the eye, the laminated cat, the time of tremendous rusting bridges and the deathly silence of cork. It was the great gathering of dead animals pierced by the swords of light, the endless joy of the hippopotamus with cloven feet of ash, and of the gazelle with an immortal in its throat. In the withered, waveless solitude, the dented mask was dancing. Half of the world was sand, the other half mercury and dormant sunlight. The mask. Look at the mask. Stand, crocodile, and fear above New York. Canyons of lime imprisoned in empty sky, where the voices of those who die under the guano were heard, appear in well-peeled sky, identical with itself, with the down and the keen-edged iris of its invisible mountains. It finished off the slender stems of song and was swept away toward channels of sap through the stillness of the last parades lifting pieces of mirror with its tail. While the Chinaman wept on the roof, not finding the nude of his wife, and the bank director examined the manometer that measures the manometer. The manometer that measures the cruel silence of money. The mask arrived on Wall Street. It isn't a strange place for the dance. The cemetery niches that turn their eyes yellow. Between the sphinx and the bank vault, there is a top thread that pierces the heart of all poor children. The primitive impetus 
impetus dances with the mechanical impetus, unaware in their frenzy of the original light. Because if the wheel forgets its formula, it will sing nude with herds of horses, and if a flame burns the frozen blueprints, the sky will have to flee before the tumult of windows. This isn't a strange place for the dance, I tell you. The mask will dance among columns of blood and numbers, among hurricanes of gold and groans of the unemployed, who will howl in the dead of night for your dark time. Oh, savage, shameless North America, stretched out on the frontier of snow. The mask, look at the mask, such a wave of mire and fireflies above New York. I was on the terrace, wrestling with the moon. Swarms of windows riddled one of the night's thighs. Placid sky cattle drank from my eyes, and the breezes on long oars struck the ashen store windows on Broadway. The drop of blood looked for light in the star's yoke, so as to seem a dead apple seed, the prairie air, driven by the shepherds, trembled in fear like a mollusk without its shell. But I'm sure there are no dancers among the dead. The dead are engrossed in devouring their own hands. It's others who dance with the mask and its Vijuela, others drunk on silver, cold men, who sleep where thighs and heart flames intersect, who seek the earthworm in the landscape of fire escapes, who drink a dead girl's tears at the bank, or eat pyramids of dawn on tiny street corners. But don't let the Pope dance, no, don't let the Pope dance, nor the king, nor the millionaires with blue tea, nor the barren dancers of the cathedrals, nor builders, nor emeralds, nor madmen, nor sodomites. Only this mask, this mask of ancient scarlet fever, only this mask. Cobras shall hiss on the top floors, nettles shall shake courtyards and terraces. The stock exchange shall become a pyramid of moss, jungle vines shall come in behind the rifles, and also quickly, so very, very quickly, a Wall Street the mask, look at the mask, and how it spits its forest poison through New York's imperfect English. Landscape of a vomiting multitude. The fat lady came first, tearing out roots and moistening drumskins. The fat lady who turns dying octopuses inside out. The fat lady, the moon's antagonist, was running through the streets in deserted buildings and leaving tiny skulls of pigeons in the corners and stirring up the furies of the last century's feasts and summoning the demon of bread through the sky's clean-swept hills and filtering a longing for light into subterranean tunnels. The graveyards, yes, the graveyards, and the sorrow of the kitchens buried in sand, the dead pheasants and apples of another era pushing into our throat. There were murmurings from the jungle of vomit, with the empty women, with hot-waxed children, with fermented trees and tireless waiters who served platters of salt beneath harps of saliva. There's no other way, my son, vomit. There's no other way. It's not the vomit of hussars on the breasts of their whores, nor the vomit of a cat choking down a frog, but the dead who'd scratch with clay hands on flint gates where clouds and deserts decay. The fat lady came first with the crowds from the ships, taverns, and parks. Vomit was delicately shaking its drums among a few little girls of blood who are begging the moon for protection. Who could imagine my sadness? The look on my face was mine, but now it isn't me.
the naked look on my face trembling in alcohol and launching incredible ships through the anemones of the piers. I protect myself with this look that flows from waves where no dawn would go. I, poet without arms, lost in the vomiting multitude, with no effusive horse to shear the thick moss from my temples. But the fat lady went first, and the crowds kept looking for the pharmacies, where the bitter tropics could be found only when a flag went up and the first dogs arrived did the entire city rush to the railings of the boardwalk. Landscape of a Pissing Multitude the men kept to themselves. They were waiting for the swiftness of the last cyclists. The women kept to themselves. They were expecting the death of a boy on a Japanese schooner. They all kept to themselves, dreaming of the open beaks of dying birds, the sharp parasol that punctures a recently flattened toad beneath silence with a thousand ears and tiny mouths of water in the canyons that resist the violent attack of the moon. The boy in the schooner was crying, and hearts were breaking, an anguish over everything's witness and vigil. And because on the sky-blue ground of black footprints, obscure names, saliva, and chrome radios were still crying. It doesn't matter if the boy grows silent when stuck with the last pin, or if the breeze is defeated in cupped cotton flowers, because there is a world of death whose perpetual sailors will appear in the arches and freeze you from behind the trees. It's useless to look for the bend, where night loses its way, and to wait in ambush for a silence that has no torn clothes, no shells, and no tears, because even the tiny banquet of a spider is enough to upset the entire equilibrium of the sky. There is no cure for the moaning from a Japanese schooner, nor for those shadowy people who stumble on the curves. The countryside bites its own tail in order to gather a bunch of roots and a ball of yarn looks anxiously in the grass for unrealized longitude. The moon, the police, the foghorns of the ocean liners, facades of horse hair with smoke, anemones, rubber gloves. Everything is shattered in the night that spreads its lakes on the terraces. Everything is shattered in the tepid faucets of a terrible silent fountain. Oh, crowds, loose women, soldiers. We will have to journey through the eyes of idiots, open country where the tame cobras hiss in a daze, landscapes full of grays that yield the freshest apples so that uncontrollable light will arrive to frighten the rich behind their magnifying glasses, the odor of a single corpse from the double source of lily and rat, and so that fire will consume those crowds still able to piss around alone, or on the crystals in which each inimitable wave is understood. Murder. How did it happen? A gash on the cheek, that's all. A fingernail that pinches the stem, a pin that dies until it finds the roots of a scream, and the sea stops still. How? How did it happen? Like this. Really? Like that? Yes. The heart came out on its own. I'm done for. Christmas on the Hudson. That gray sponge, that sailor whose throat was just cut, that great river, those dark boundaries of the breeze, that keen blade, my love, that keen blade, the four sailors wrestled with the world, with that sharp-edged world that all I see, with a world no one can know without horses, one, a hundred, a thousand sailors wrestling with the world of keen-edged velocities, on a world unaware that the world was alone in the sky. 
The world alone in the lonely sky, hills of hammers in the thick grasses triumph, teeming ant hills and coys, coins in the mire. The world alone in the lonely sky, in the air where all the villages end, the earthworm sang its terror of the wheel, and the sailor whose throat was slashed sang to the water bear that held him close, and they were all singing, Alleluia, Alleluia deserted sky. It's all the same, the same. Alleluia. I stood all night on scaffolding in the burrows, leaving my blood on the stucco projects, helping the sailors lower their ripped sails. And I stand with empty hands in the murmur of the river's mouth. It doesn't matter if every minute a newborn child waves the little branches of its veins, or if a newborn viper set free beneath the branches calms the bloodless of those who look at the nude. What matters is this empty space, lonely world, river's mouth, not dawn, idle fable. This alone, river's mouth. Oh, my gray sponge. Oh, my throat just cut open. Oh, my great river. Oh, my breeze's boundaries that are not mine. Oh, the keen blade of my love. Oh, the cutting blade. Sleepless City. Brooklyn Bridge Nocturne. Out in the sky, no one sleeps. No one. No one. No one sleeps. Lunar creatures sniff and circle the dwellings. Live iguanas will come to bite the men who don't dream. And the broken-hearted fugitive will meet on street corners. An incredible crocodile resting beneath the tender protest of the stars. Out in the world, no one sleeps. No one. No one. No one sleeps. There is a corpse in the farthest graveyard complaining for three years because of an arid landscape in his knee. And a boy who was buried this morning cried so much they had to call the dogs to quiet him. Life is no dream. Watch out, watch out, watch out. We fall downstairs and eat the moist earth, or we climb to the snow's edge with a choir of dead Delilahs. But there is no oblivion, no dream, raw flesh. Kisses tie mouths in a tangle of new veins, and those in pain will bear it with no respite, and those who are frightened by death will carry it on their shoulders. One day, horses will live in the taverns, and furious ants will attack the yellow skies that take refuge in the eyes of cattle. Another day will witness the resurrection of dried butterflies, and even when walking in a landscape of gray sponges and silent ships, we'll see our ring shine and roses spill from our tongues. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Those still marked by claws and cloudburst. That boy who cries because he doesn't know bridges exist, or that corpse that has nothing more than its head and one shoe, they all must be led to the wall where iguanas and serpents wait, where the bear's teeth wait, where the mummified hand of the child waits, and the camel's fur bristles with a violent blue chill. Out in the sky no one sleeps. No one. No one. No one sleeps. But if someone closes his eyes, whip him, my children, whip him. Let there be a panorama of open eyes and bitter inflamed wounds. Out in the world, no one sleeps. No one, no one. I've said it before. No one sleeps. But at night, if someone has too much moss on his temples, open the trap door so he can see in moonlight the fake goblets, the venom, and the skull of the theaters. Ooh. I've got quite a bit to go here. And I believe... Whew, oh my goodness. This... I, I don't know if I could read all of it exactly. There's ten parts. 
so more or less I'm kind of at the halfway point but I'm reading this to study form and I've noticed so far with this particular poet that he's quite fond of saying anemone and using repetition here and there and of course it's all about New York and definitely hear the cadence, the rhythm, the meter, and the slight rhymes here and there. But I hope you enjoyed that. I apologize for my mistakes. Sometimes I read ahead too quickly and I forget to enunciate some words much more properly. But I was so excited and I thought, yeah, I'm sprinting in this marathon and I'm going to keep going, but Holy smokes. I had to slow my roll. And I also need to drink some water. I hope everyone's doing well, especially during this time of COVID-19 and what it means for all of us to stay at home and to self-quarantine. So I hope this reading finds you in good spirits and that you're able to be safe. Bye.